welcome to the first video noise extra podcast. I'm Gray Holger here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And the fine people at the Tusk Festival have asked us to discuss Newcastle's own The New Black Haters. And I don't think any discussion of The New Black Haters could really happen without first discussing the manifesto a little bit. I think it's as good as a place to start as any. So Tara, will you read us a little bit from the New Black Haters manifesto from the album? And Tara, please say it so that I don't have to. les bloqueurs. So it just means um, change the blockers. So New Black Haters, change the blockers. We are the New Black Haters. Blockade is resistance. It is our duty to blockade and induce others to blockade. What is blockading? This. It's time for change. Make way for the new black haters. Absolutely make way for the new black haters. And what a statement on a record that is so important that to this day it is still one of the most important records of our time. Absolutely. Absolutely. The 1982 was the year self-released and it started in a way what we think of as as noise. Would Absolutely. You- it made an impact that, you know, we're still feeling today and, you know, started certain models that people are still using in their releases now. Now, it wasn't the first noise record, but in a way... Yeah, we could argue about what the first noise record was for hours, and we're not going to do that. <laughs> but we talked to Ron Lassard of RRR Records about his thoughts on the new Black Haters and about this album. A noise legend himself. Absolutely. And this is what Ron had to say. It is widely regarded as being one of the first LPs of what we call the noise scene. Certainly it wasn't the first noise LP. There are numerous examples of noise pre-TNB. But this LP became a focal point for a small group of individuals who heard it, identified with it, and became inspired by it. Suddenly after its release, small pockets of individuals around the world starting their own noise projects, started contacting, networking with one another, and after several years coalesced into what we now consider the noise genre. Was this LP responsible for noise as we know it? Maybe or maybe not, but it was definitely a touch point for the embryonic years of noise. And I think that is very well said. Yeah, that's right from someone who was there and who was also inspired by this record to start a record label, to start making noise, to to do to to become a part of this and we also we often credit Ron is being such a big part of the movement from the 80s and on. And here he is talking about how important this record is. Absolutely. And this record is the essence of noise in a way. It rejects anything that came before, mm-hmm. anything and everything that came before it. The first New Black Haters record rejects. It rejects music it rejects art it rejects rejecting (laughs) that's true yeah and and it's so many elements to it that you know 
people are still coming to today, like especially as a young person, you may think that you thought of having anti-art or anti-anti-art or having um, music without an instrument or music without lyrics or having no track titles or even self-releasing. But, you know, these guys, they, That's right. they um, you know, started that model. And as they would say, even anti-art is art. And that's why we reject it. Because where this seemingly comes from, the anti-art of the Dada movement. Yes. Things leading up to this record that are then rejected. Yeah, I mean, so much noise was influenced by Dada. I mean, so uh, not just noise, but like so many art forms, so many artists were influenced by Dada. But that's and art. Exactly. Uh, and then what what is so interesting about the new blockaders is they reject that. So they say even even Dada's institutionalism, even Dada's setting rules, they're even setting boundaries. And so what they're looking for is something that that doesn't even have the boundaries set by Dada, have it, no object, no objectionism, no, you know, no individualism, no collectivism, nothing. Once Dada became part of the museums, it became what they would say in their manifestos, the museum relics. Exactly, exactly. We were talking with Dominic Fernow of Hospital Productions and Purient about his thoughts on the new black haters. And in our discussion, we were d- talking about how while Throbbing Gristle rejected punk, they still made music. Yeah, they had songs, song structure, Drum machines, synthesizers, guitars, like yeah. that's it's industrial music, but it's music. They still yeah. had United. Mm-hmm. The new black haters rejected Dada. So they rejected the anti art. Yes. Because it's still art. They're not even anti anti art. There's no electronics on this record. No, no, there's not. <laughs> there's no electronics on a lot of these early records. There's no instruments. There's no instruments. Who knows what it is? It's a thing I've often thought about, fantasized, wondered, tried to picture, daydream. What are they doing on this record and many others? And there's clues. There's hints. You might hear a piece of metal far off in the distance. You might hear a hammer smashing a floor. You might hear furniture being rearranged it's it's impossible to tell there's little things you can guess at but it's all put together in this way that is uniquely the new black haters and such a unique thing to their breed of noise and their breed of rejecting music and we keep saying noise but this is before noise was noise right right before noise as a as a genre as an easy tag to describe the sounds that we love, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things that we really like. This laid the foundations for. This is feral sound. Gray 
before we started recording and we were listening to the album, uh, you were talking about how you really appreciate the silence on New Blockaders albums. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. So can you speak to that now? Yeah, they're not a, a it's not a project that I think is full of silence or uh, minimal is certainly a word that could maybe be used, but it's not sparse. It's not empty. Uh, it's full of sound. But where I hear the silences are the in-between spaces in between each scribble drag sound clunk squeal and in between the layers of those sounds so while it's constantly moving it's uh new blockaders are as much about the the rocks inside the rock tumbler as the air between them to me and the drawing a drawing a line down and back up that moment when you change direction and there's a small pause that's the sounds that I find that are part of the new blockaders that are really uh, important. And those are the silences in there that aren't actually silent, but they're these pauses uh, in the sound that contribute to what it is and what makes it such a unique sound, especially on these records, such a unique form of, mm. of music for lack of a better term, right? They're not using any effects. So it's so wild that the sound is like, if, it, if you hear concrete scraping something, it's probably just concrete being scraped or metal being dragged. Yeah, there's sounds that are like further off in the distance and there's reverb on it because of that piece of metal is being drugged in a room and it's further from the microphone. And you're so you're getting those reflections. It's not because there's a reverb unit in the corner that they're sending yeah. the uh, little sound to to process it. There, All these sounds are are concrete sounds you know all these sounds are very visceral very tactile sounds they're using and they all come together in the this layer this this mess that you know it could be the the scribblings on the cover making the sound it could be uh, something being drugged but it's it's those the pauses and the spaces between those things happening where the new black haters really shines to me it, it is the spaces between in some way it's physical. It is physical. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where you're getting that. This is physical. Um, you know, uh, uh, Dominic Fernow also was saying that the new black haters are anatomical. And whereas it's, it's the mind versus body. And it, this is the body. This is body. This is physical. This is hammering the basement floor. Yeah. This is smashing the concrete. This is completely rearranging and taking away any sort of preconceived notions or conceptions of recording sound. And and I can see where it, it just activates your imagination when you're listening to it because, I mean, I assume that we all have destruction fantasies at some point, you know, like, like I like to listen to noise when I'm sitting in traffic. Um, and then I can just picture like every car being like swept away in a tornado or being able to like fly over top of everybody or just like hauling everybody out of the way. But, you know, there's it's just some points in your life you have just this like just fantasy of chaos and destruction. And I think this album really fulfills that that want. It's just like such a, a feral, such a primal desire in all of us. Absolutely. And not only this album, but many of the new Blackators yeah. albums. I think the frustration and uh, destruction felt in something like uh, being in traffic or whatever is paired alongside of this, this expulsion and this release mm -hmm. that the music also has. It's an ecstatic 
sound as well yeah. as a destructive sound. Uh, and it's a cacophony, you know, it's a, it's this ever changing, ever growing thing. We've all listened to this record a lot. We listened to it. I've heard it a few times today. Absolutely. Like four. <laughs> On different stereos. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and in addition to, of course, just, uh, you know, immersing ourselves back in the blockaders for, uh, you know, leading up to talking about this. Yeah. But it, it always sounds different. And it's not a record that you can memorize. It's not a record you're going to, you might have a favorite part, but you, you don't, you're giving yourself over to chaos when you're listening to it. You're not expecting, there's not, it's, there's no song structure. There's no form to it. What there is is constant sound and movement and change, right? Like the mm -hmm. title says, this is a, this is a change. It's a call to action for a change and the music itself is in a state of constant flux. Yes. And there, like you said, you almost, it almost goes, you almost forget it right after it happens. And then you go back and it becomes something different. Mm -hmm. And then you forget that. And then you listen to it again and it becomes something different. And then you forget that. And it's just never ending cycle. And even the way the record is, I mean, it's, it starts, it, there's, there, it's these two chunks on each side and there's no ebb, there's no flow. It just is. And I think that's one of the incredibly powerful things that the new black haters helped define going forward in what would become noise. And exactly. And it's so interesting too, because it, the sounds lack structure, like all the sounds lack structure. Well, the tracks don't have any structure, but the manifesto on the album, the art that's, you know, referential of other movements, it's almost like a paradox of its own because you're, when you look at it, you think this is going to be some heady enterprise and they, they reference like Dada and nihilism and other, like, you know, I'm not going to go through all of it, but, but lots of like even architectural movements. And then you turn it on and it's, it's nothing. It's, it's chaos. It's, it's everything. It's everything. It's nothing. It's the rejection of everything that yeah. came before. It's the rejection of everything they're talking about in the manifesto. It's a rejection of reading a manifesto. It's the rejection of reading. It's the rejection <laughs> exactly. of sound. And it's the rejection of, of consistency and reason. Yes. And it's, it's <laughs> absurdity. Yeah. And it's where even the farce is a farce. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I dare say it's absurdly serious and seriously absurd at the same time. It, it, it is a duality and it, and rejecting rejecting is of course it's so ridiculous, but it also makes sense and it makes more sense when you're listening to this record. Absolutely. And I, and I do think that it's, it's really easy to read the manifesto and get lost in it. You know, and, and I, and I like that idea too. Like if you really just sit down and try to say like, I'm going to figure this out and make this work. Like I remember the first time I saw this album and tried to read it and I was, I had, I hadn't heard it yet. And I was like, what, what's going to be on the inside? I had no idea. And then you put it on and you're like, Oh, amazing. Like, perfect. I, I don't want anything else on the inside. This is what needs to be on the inside. It truly does. And of course, Another very important document related to Newcastle has to be live at Modern Tower. Oh, my. oh yeah, absolutely! The first live performance of the New Blockaders live at Modern Tower, an institution 
in Newcastle. Yeah. And a perfect summation of, I mean, one year later, one year after this record, you have this first live performance and it's everything that the first record is. And it's also different. It's also something new happening and it's something existing in a live space instead of just existing in on your stereo, you know? I mean, to imagine to be at that at that yeah. performance and to soak in those sounds in person is just uh it's mind boggling to me. The physicality is taken to another level. Experiencing the new Black Haters live in person through audio is an important way of experiencing the new Black Haters. I, I would agree. It is a visceral thing to behold. And it still rejects the ideas put forth by regular music concerts venues even though they do perform in these traditional venues and and stages yeah but there's an obfuscation of identity that goes along with it wearing the masks and you're never sure exactly who the new black haters are right i mean we have we mm -hmm. have richard rupinus and philip rupinus at the core at the heart of the black haters from the very beginning but other people have been involved throughout the years like numerous people and you're never quite sure what you're getting and who is responsible for which actions, which sounds, which performances, which records uh, at all while you're when you're getting something from the new Black Haters. There's there's obviously an orchestrator behind it, but the mystery and confusion of it extends into rejecting sort of the ego of a, a musician, mm -hmm. you know, and, and rejecting the typical stage presence of a rock band and someone easily identifiable. Exactly. And even down to the way that they can utilize the stage or utilize the audience or yeah. where they're going to set up or, hey, if the power goes out, they're still going to play. They're still <laughs> right. going to and bang. And they might on. like them more if the power goes out. Like, or will the audience take over and do the entire performance for them? Like, who knows? That's a new Black Haters set. Right, and I think that's one of the powerful things about the new Black Haters, the anonymity and the taking away, the erasing of the ego and focusing purely on the sounds that they're making, whoever that person is making. Yeah. And One second. It, <laughs> Leave it in. Ah, and you know, there's like this, um, there's some voyeuristic joy that you can get from watching destruction, even from participating in chaos. Like, what is it within ourselves that's being fulfilled by, you know, listening to this album, by observing somebody destroy something, um, just, and, and having no expectations about what you're going to behold, you know, like it's, there's some sort of like just deep human element that really seeks that out. And, you know, 
sometimes I'm like, oh, we're damaged and that's why we love noise. I don't think that's true. I think that I think that we are just in touch with those parts of ourselves that want to see the destruction. It's not just noise listeners. I I don't think there's a person who's ever lived who hasn't stolen a glance at the car crash when they're driving by. Yeah. Like there's no every every single one of us, you're in traffic and you hate the slowdown from a car accident. Well, you look out the side window when you're driving past it. You want to know what happened. And that's that's part of that uh, fascination with destruction that's within all of us. Well, Tara, you and I were discussing the idea of destruction and what destruction can express. Yeah. What were some of the things you were you were? What, can, kind it, what of, can it fulfill in us? Yes, yeah. I think that's saying it a little better. Uh, what can destruction fulfill in us, Tara? I'm actually going to look at my notes. I made notes. Um, you know, your dissatisfaction, like hearing something be destroyed just feels so nice. Just like when you're in traffic, um, frustration with overcomplication, with some just wanting to turn it off and like not wanting to participate anymore. Just saying like, no, um, wanting things to stop the want of nothingness and just the joy of breaking things like truly, you know, I, I think of like when we were young and we had our first warehouse apartment and we would just sit on the front step and break bottles against the empty warehouse in front of it. And why is that so fun? Like it was great. It like, really was. I don't know. We were just like, if we knew it was abandoned, we knew that warehouse next door was going to be torn down. So we would just sit and like aim for the windows, you know? And then like when you hit it through, it was just so satisfying to like watch everything explode. Like it's just, I, I think it's just like in us, it's thrilling. It was a great time, and it was how we got rid of glass bottles <laughs> by throwing them at the empty building across the street. Well, you you guys were frequent guests of my uh, warehouse home yeah. <laughs> back, back in the 2000s, yeah. Yeah. and lots of things got broken, and lots of uh, holes got knocked in walls, and yeah. it, it's... It's a compelling thing, destruction. Well, it's and different when it's inside your home, for sure. But, uh, <laughs> well, but, but, well but, look, some of us choose to live a little closer to destruction than others. Well, well but, but noise is destruction, yeah. and the new black haters embody that. It's true. And Very true. Another really important artist who embodies that. Oh, yeah. Is GX Jupiter Larson. Uh, I mean, when I think of the new black haters, I often think of GX and the haters. In the mm -hmm. same thoughts. Again, the there is that idea of anonymity. You don't yeah. always know who's on stage with the haters. Yeah. You don't always know exactly what the sound sources are. Or sometimes you do. And when you know what they are, it is destruction. Right. It's still confounding. It's yeah. destroying. It's, it's destroying records. It's destroying mm -hmm. funnels. You know, one of my favorite haters performances is uh, on the Haters Live DVD, and it is a group of masked haters inside of a bus with crowbars and such. Oh, Absolutely I love classic. when they tear by the classic. bus.
it's a very new black mm -hmm. haters. I mean, it's, it's obviously the haters, but of course yeah. it, it has so much in line with the new black haters as well. And it makes so much sense to me. Absolutely. So of course we had to talk to GX and get his thoughts about the new black haters. So this is what GX Jupiter Larson had to say. It all started back in 1984 when Mersbaugh told Richard Rupinus that he should contact me. So out of the blue, without warning, Richard sent me a copy of his Pulp 7-inch on airplane. At that time, I didn't know who Richard was. It was the first time I had ever heard anything by either the New Black Haters or Organum. It blew me away. It's still one of my all-time favorite noise releases by anyone. Since then, there hasn't been a month gone by where Richard and I haven't been communicating back and forth. This whole time, I've heard from Richard more often and more constantly than any other person involved in noise. He wrote on the same 1947 Indian chief that he had stole back when he was a teenager. When I played the record for him, he just looked at me and said it sounded like Richard wrote a Honda. I understood. Wildcat just had a very different interpretation of nihilism from Richard's but I love them both. I love that. Well put. Well put, GX. And what a beautiful way of discussing the new Black Haters and Richard Rupinus and his interpretation of nihilism. Discussing the new Black Haters Organum Pulp 7-inch is a good time to discuss the fact that the new Black Haters did do collaborations and work with a number of... So many people. Legendary artists. Yeah, I mean, really shortly into, you know, you have the first record in 1982, but by 84 you have uh, this, you know, you have the collab with Organum, you have the collab with uh, Coil and the Vortex campaign. Um Another UK artist being Coil and Vortex campaign uh, out of Belgium. Exactly. And of course you have Ugh. the new Black Haters Vortex campaign record that this is, well, you know, not an official <laughs> release, but I think in a way it's very fitting for the new Black Haters. Destroyed records. Yeah, a couple layers of annihilated records as record cover. And it's such a tactile heavy weighty object to to reference the sounds within i guess and the act of destruction so inherent in the new blockader sound i love that you can find it in your stacks easily <laughs> oh it's about as wide as four records yeah, it's wonderful <laughs> but even the anonymity i just i said that word pretty crazy i love when you pronounce things <laughs> yeah. crazy uh anonymity there you Perfect. go damn yes. i did it pulled it out of the Release of this record mm -hmm. is very fitting. Yes, for yeah. the New Black Haters. Absolutely. Another person that the New Black Haters would work with would be Andrew Chalk, Ferial Confine. Yeah, one of the classic 
records here. Yeah, and that record is from 1990, but Chalk uh, sort of later became a member of, accredited member of the New Black Haters mm-hmm. uh, towards the mid-90s on the TNBS Mort set and a couple other, like a live performance, live at Morton Tower in 94, I think, which is on the uh, Gestam Nixwerk set. And so started as a collaborator and then became a, a member, which, you know, it's another form of collaboration, I guess. But, uh, and Feral Confine, of course, standing on their own for the, uh, a similar kind of sound working within the realm. So it makes a lot of sense for them to collaborate together to me. Definitely. And new black hairs would work with organum, David Jackman yep. multiple times. Yep. So they, they would, the, the, these collaborations are as exciting as their standalone records. Oh, fully agreed. Mm-hmm. Full, as essential to the catalog as any single new black haters record. And it's great to hear what the other artists bring to the table. And while you may not even know exactly which who's doing what right in, you know, especially on the vortex campaign collab, you do maybe hear some loops and maybe those are, maybe they're natural loops. Maybe they're naturally swirling loops. Right, right, right. But again, it's all, it's always, cloaked and camouflaged in lack of information. It's always stimulating our imaginations. You know, one of those things that I would most closely liken to the new blockaders in sound would be uh, Carl Heinz Stockhausen's microphony record. Uh, but that's played to a score. That's, that's a, Academic. I'm rejecting scored it. piece of music. I'm anti. I'm anti that. Rejected. Utilizing these <laughs> scraping, banging, smashing, mm-hmm. crunching sounds, but it's it's performed to a score, and the New Blockaders are completely against that, but still using kind of a similar sound palette in an even more chaotic and jumbled way. And so yeah, here maybe there's some loops, but maybe it's someone scraping in a circle, you know, and then that's why you're mm-hmm. getting these loop feels. Natural loops. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to call a circle. A natural, like, there we go. We just invented a natural loop. <laughs> yes, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything swirly. We also spoke with Christienko uh of As Loud as Possible magazine, a, a great writer, mm-hmm. about his thoughts on the new blockaders. And one thing that he discussed was the idea that so much noise and noise artists come from other things. This is also something that, that Dominic discussed on our episode with him. The idea that you come from metal, you come from jazz, you come from punk. You had an interest that brought you to noise that led you to noise. Exactly. But these are Chris Sienko's words. TMB sidesteps all of that. Seemingly no industrial influence, no power electronics, no academics, no Lou Reed, no airway, no, no, no. It was all a mess of their own. The first internationally recognized mess for a mess sakes. It's amazing that it took two brothers in a tool shed to finally come up with noise for no purpose. But they did. And I don't think you can call it anything other than a transformative moment in time. I mean, Chris is really well researched in noise. And, you know, we've had him as a guest on many episodes of the yeah. Noise Extra podcast. And this is just a, an astute observation from him, as always. Like, 
there, it truly is noise with no purpose. And that's such a beautiful way of putting it and realizing it. And obviously in the uh, purposeless way that the new blockaders even saw it. Right. Absolutely. And again, this isn't metal machine music. This isn't what came before it is rejecting all of that. It is anti all of that. And I think Chris really got it down to that essence of noise with no purpose. Yes. And, you know, maybe that is an element in why it is inspiring for so many people, or it was at the time inspiring for so many future noise artists. Right. Because you got to frame it in the way that you chose to frame it. And it didn't necessarily have to surround a movement. It didn't have to surround a thought process or some something that was systematic that already existed. It could be something that you define yourself. And you define your own definitions. Exactly. You define your own noise. And maybe the new black haters would be anti your definition, but that's all part of it. I think we're all making our own rules here. And I think that's what the spirit of change the black haters, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's what that is, is each person to come to it has their own set of rules and approach and ideas about it. And we don't have to like agree with or adhere to any of those. And they don't have to adhere to ours. Yeah. What are you blockading? Change it. (laughs) But there's some classic records other than the first record. Oh, yeah. I always think of the symphony records. Yeah. Those are some of the, again, it's, it's furthering what they started. Right. With the first record. And you go into... Symphony in X. Is it an X minor, X major? I, I get it mixed I up. I think it's X minor and an, an O major. major. I do always. Yeah. But you know what? Hey, you know what? Hey, fact check us. Let's find out. <laughs> or I re- and I reject your facts. Well, there we go. <laughs> Whatever you tell me that those true titles of the records are, I'm against it. Well, you know, those keys don't exist anyway. So, you know. But they the do. amount that it matters. But well, they now do. they do. But they do exist. Now they exist. And they exist on those records. Absolutely. And I think of those as being some of the mandatory new Black Haters documents. Yeah. In Inventing those keys, again, is takes me back to someone like GX Jupiter Larson uh, inventing his own units of measurement and making a ruler. Yes. Right? Yes. And so it's, it's in such the same spirit to me. Uh, and... Yeah, if those do exist, then what are the scrapings, scribblings, and scratchings and thuds that we're hearing? Is that that's that's in the key of X or O? You know, the world's a much more interesting place when you destroy it and start over. Black haters is integral to the entire world of the new black haters, whether or not it is packaged and destroyed records, the amazing collages. It all stems from more creation through destruction, the collage of Mm -hmm. using other materials, the uh, sort of 
juxtaposition of imagery and sloganeering that they use uh, almost in a like strange advertising sort of way and the destroyed records making up a cover for the thing and it's i think one of the reasons you don't find the new black haters on various artist compilations really is because there's a very specific way in which the material is presented to you and that generally includes the the artwork is is going to look a certain way it's going to have a certain feel it's going to contain these images and that's something you can't really get as part of a you know a, a larger compilation you have no control over what the other artists are doing so while there are collections of new black haters material and collaborations those are all specifically engineered to me and it's different sort of thing than a you know a various artists mm-hmm. compilation or something and a lot of these collages you know that you see so many recurring themes with uh these these photographs and these like snippets of text and pieces from books and even the sort of burned scratched out scribbled yeah. out overlaid painted even of over. their own works yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> making artwork and destroying artwork i always think of the tmb Mort covers yeah. mm-hmm. as being some of the finest examples of there are. I also have always loved the live at Anti Fest. Yeah, cover. that's really yeah. nice. I think it's so truly. Oh, can they see the vinyl? I wonder. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, and I think it. <laughs> I think it truly is the new Black Haters to me. You know, we see one of the things we see on these when we're holding them up is there's there's faces, there's human form on mm-hmm. a lot of these. Even looking at uh, you know, live at Morden Tower, you've got faces on there, and it's the humanistic approach for something that's so removed from it's never the face of a band member, you know, yeah. it's, it's unrelated to something that is creating the sound. And that's an interesting thing for me too. And, and sometimes it's even images of things that they are rejecting or that they yes. are anti, yes. right. but it's done in this way where maybe it's a, coll- the collage is expressing that. Yeah. Yeah. They're giving you a, a really, multiple contexts in which to think about and listen to their sounds. Like I think that that's what's so um, provocative about what they do is that, you know, they give you maybe not a title, but certainly a concept behind it that you're going to have to spend some time thinking about, especially in the context of the sounds you're hearing. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean, this is in direct defiance with some of the concepts that they <laughs> have discussed in their art. I've been feeling conflicted with it all day. Yeah. Look at us. We're institutionalizing. <laughs> Are we doing the same thing that the Dada's did when they put their works in museums? Are we, when they sold their works, we of art? the museum relics? Are we the problem? Do we need to be blockaded? Yeah. You think we do? Or you don't know? Therein lies the paradox. I'm unsure. I'm truly unsure. Well, maybe we need to listen to the album again. You think that'll help? Well, I, I think it'll help. Well, I just think that maybe even us doing this podcast is doing the new black haters a disservice. And maybe you should disregard and ignore everything we've said up to this point. Destroy all these notions. Yeah. Destroy all these thoughts. Forget what you've heard. Destroy everything. Embrace nothing. Change the blockade. 
You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.